Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to the Sports Talk Saturdays with Matt DeLong. Today, we'll be talking about a couple different topics. Maybe some NCAA basketball, to some NBA, maybe a little bit of football. I doubt we're really going to jump into that today. And maybe some other just cool topics we're going to be bringing into. So the first thing I'm going to talk about, a little bit of NBA. I know it's a little bit different, but Draymond Green and the Dylan Brooks situation. Man, this has really been an interesting topic overall. Dylan Brooks made a statement last week about Draymond Green, stating, end quote, I don't like Draymond at all. I just don't like Golden State. I don't like anything to do with them. Draymond talks a lot. He gets away with a lot, too. His game is cool with Golden State, but if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. He plays with heart, plays hard, knows the ins and outs of their defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. Now, this made headlines and news as, of course, Draymond Green is a four-time champion. He has been successful, and he's been a big catapult to the Golden State Warriors winning their four titles. Draymond Green has a podcast, and on his podcast, Draymond Green responding and saying, I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis, or do they like you in Memphis? That's the better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you. I can tell why they like me over there. When you contribute the way I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. Then he finishes off with, The next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you're in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. You're not a champ. You're a clown. And it ain't happening for you. Draymond Green is a really great defensive player. And a lot of the time, I think he is the leader of the Golden State Warriors. Like, Steph Curry is the best player. Klay Thompson is the biggest contributor with the three-point shooting. But Draymond Green is the, I would say, with that leadership quality he brings to it. For them, I just think that's really important. And for him to, for Dylan Brooks, in my opinion, to be calling out Draymond Green, Dylan Brooks isn't the best player on his own team, has never accomplished what Draymond has accomplished. He is a role player at best. I, I don't think... He has any right to speak. And yes, this is the swagger that Memphis brings. I mean, you've seen it with John Morant. You see it with all these guys. And these guys are young and they're hungry. But it's also it also puts a statement on how that locker room is acting and how they look. They act as kids in the NBA. I mean, look at John Morant. Look at all the trouble he's in. Putting a gun on IG Live and causing a lot of problems for himself. And, of course, he took accountability for that. But this was the last thing he needed his teammate to do was call out somebody just because they don't like each other. Like, Draymond Green hasn't said anything about you until now. And you deserve to be called what you were called. He called you an idiot. 
he, I don't think he's an idiot. I don't think Dylan Brooks is an idiot. I think his comments were very idiotic. To go after a champ like that, that's not something you do. That's not something you need to do, especially if you're not a champ yourself, and especially if you haven't proven yourself. And with this team, the way it's in, now Sacramento's taken the second spot in the West. Your team's falling apart. This this year might be a growing year for you. You guys need to grow up a little bit. And before you start talking to the champs, these are the defending champs we are talking about. Before you start talking to them like that, you need to show up. You need to actually show out and beat them. Like, do you remember, Matt, in the past when the, uh, the Pistons would bloviate and run their mouth? The bad boy Pistons. Oh, yeah. The only way Jordan really could talk, you know, to trash talk them is he beat them. He beat them. It's the same thing. It goes on. It's like passing a torch. Golden State hasn't passed that torch to Memphis yet. And I don't think they're going to. But even what Green, what Green said after Dylan Brooks called the Grizzlies a dynasty, he told them the dynasty starts after you, not with you. Like, I don't know, it's like two kids in a playground almost arguing with each other. But it's kind of funny. It really is. I think that it's brought a lot of bad attention to the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I agree with that. I think Dylan Brooks, like I said... At the end of the day, you can't talk to a player like Draymond like that in front of the media. No. Yeah, I, I don't care how much you don't like him. You can't just dog him because you pretty much called him a worthless teammate in the NBA or a worthless player. He's a hell of a defensive player, too. He is. He's a great defensive player. Like, like Draymond Green is a basketball savant. He His IQ about the game is crazy out there. Now, Draymond's not the best three-point shooter. He's not the best shooter, but neither was Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman wasn't a good shooter at all. But Dennis Rodman knew how to do his job and do it right. And that is something Draymond knows how to do. But Draymond also brings that leadership quality to the Golden State Warriors. He holds that team together. I think he is the glue to that team. Of course, Golden State thinks of him something special or they would have gotten rid of him by now. Yeah. Like, what what has Dylan Brooks proven to his team, to me, that he is worthy enough to be like Draymond? Nothing. The only person, ladies and gentlemen... That's irreplaceable on the Memphis Grizzlies is John Morant. Everybody's replaceable. Everybody's replaceable to an extent, but what Brooks is doing is absolutely just ridiculous. Childish, really. I mean, it's really almost childish. It, it really is. And, you know, I hope you learned from this a little bit. I really do. Uh, some more big NBA media news this week. Pau Gasol, his jersey... And number was put into the rafters in the crypto center. And retired. And he was his number was retired. You know, Pau Gasol, two-time NBA champion in 2009, 2010, six-time All-Star, two, two-time All-NBA second and third team. That was for two times in a row. He was NBA Rookie of the Year in 2002. Pau Gasol and his brother, they're both really good. But Pau was a big-time piece to the 2009, 2010, and the 2008 L.A. Lakers. They went to three titles. They won two out of three. And Kobe Bryant needed that. Kobe Bryant needed a guy like Pau Gasol. So Pau Gasol pays contribute to an old friend and more from our NBA quotes this week. I can't go on without talking about the person in the face that I don't see, the brother that elevated me, challenged me, inspired me to be a better player just to be a better man overall. I miss him. I miss him so much, like many of us do. I love him. I wish he 
was here in, with Gigi. I really do. But I think he'll be proud. He was looking forward to this moment. So I love you, brother. Talking about Kobe Bryant. as Kobe Bryant passed away three years ago. And you know, Kobe needed him and he needed Kobe. He got better with Kobe. His role was more he, his role was more impactful and they were just a good duo together. Kobe before he passed away talked about this moment. He talked about, you know, Powell is going to have his number in the Raptors with me one day. And I can't wait to see it. Now Kobe he got to watch it in spirit, but that was a that was a crazy team, crazy three finals runs. And Happy for Pau Gasol. I'm happy he gets to have that in the as an achievement, and I'm glad the Lakers get to beloved him forever. Some other news of what's going on. Yeah, you know, me and Matt were talking about. We didn't know if we were going to talk about it, but uh, why not? We'll talk about it. West Virginia basketball. They play Kansas, the Jayhawks. Before we speak about any of this, uh, Bill Self had a heart attack before the WVU game. Prayers go out to his family. You know, even though West Virginia and Kansas are kind of like a rival in basketball, you don't want to see anybody go through through something like that. That's terrible. And I wish you nothing but the best and wishing for good health. So he's going to miss the rest of this Big 12 tournament if Kansas makes it. But he should be back for March Madness. But West Virginia played Kansas. Man, started rough, started awful. Just like normal. Then they came back, played pretty well, and just didn't finish out the game well. Matt, what did you, what did you think of that Kansas-West Virginia game? Like we talked the other night, I already called it. I figured we'd get the second round of the tournament play, and we'd be done. I mean, a 17-point loss, it was rough. It was. Any Mountaineers sports rough to watch. Final score of the kansas WVU game was 78-61. Kansas completely dominated in the second half of that game, scoring 47 points. West Virginia only scoring 38. West Virginia only scored 23 in the first half, and Kansas scored 31 in this first half. The points leaders for that game, Jalen Wilson had 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists. And Eric Stevenson was the points leader for West Virginia with 13 points, and he had 3 rebounds and 2 assists. The rebound leader for the Mountaineers was Mitchell. The rebound for the Kansas Jayhawks with Jalen Wilson, and the assist leader was Joe Toussaint with four assists for Mountaineers, and DeJuan Harris Jr. for the Kansas Jayhawks with eight assists. I didn't think the Mountaineers would win the Big 12 tournament. I thought maybe they could beat Kansas because that that last game they played against Kansas, they looked good. We should have won that last game against Kansas. And you know what? I we thought, really should have won that game. I thought West Virginia was going to look dangerous, you know what I mean? Because everybody was going to count them out and this and that. And they would actually play great. And then they would lose to, like, Iowa State or Baylor. Because yeah. they would get their hopes up and think they could, you know, win. And it just didn't happen that way. West Virginia, I think they're going to be pretty decent in the tournament. Their BPI is good for tournament play. But for Big 12, they just can't compete. I mean, I don't I don't know what to really think about this team. They're They're so inconsistent. Sometimes they're on it. And sometimes they're not like the last what four game stretch they were on it. Yeah, they were on it. They were crazy. They were playing crazy good. They were playing like they should have been all season. And then they played well against Texas Tech in the begin in the round one of the tournament. 
I thought they played pretty well in that game. And then this game, they just, it was just like Kansas punched them in the mouth from the beginning. They just never could catch back up. Everything that West Virginia did, Kansas did it better. Yep. So, I'm ha- I'll be excited to see West Virginia in the tournament. We'll see what they can do. We'll see who who we get matched up with, and we'll see how they can actually compete in this tournament. I can't wait for Selection Sunday to see. I really want to see who we're in the playing. I want to see how the brackets are. If you are interested in watching March Madness, the first two rounds are held next Thursday and next Friday. Second round will be held Saturday and Sunday. So there's going to be some. There's definitely going to be some crazy games. Of course, March Madness, the craziest time of year. Anybody has a chance in March Madness, which makes it fun. I think that's what makes it really competitive. Yeah. It's because anybody can win. We've seen what crazy small schools over the years really win this thing. And break brackets the first round. Oh, listen, they break so many brackets. It's so hard. Like, the obvious team should win, and they never do. They blow. There's always somebody who's going to blow it. Yeah. Do you have an underdog, maybe, that you're going to pick to win the whole thing? Is there anybody you can really think about? As an underdog? Yeah. I think Houston's really. I think Houston will make it to finals. But an underdog, man, not really. I kind of got Kentucky for an underdog. I can see that. I mean, they've had a really hard year, and I have a feeling that you know Calipari probably has his job on the line, and these kids got something to prove. You know, they were the number one team coming in last year. And they got blown out by some small school. Yeah. Should have never lost. And so they, they planned on making it back and if they can, you know, make a run or be competitive. That definitely could that definitely could you know help them. Or Iowa State. Iowa State could be another one. I thought about Iowa State. They could honestly be another underdog this year. It's gonna be interesting overall. The bracket's gonna be fun. March Madness is gonna be fun. There's a lot to talk about. There's gonna be a lot going on. During those days, NFL talk. I guess we could talk a little bit about the. I we can talk about a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, non-exclusive franchise tag. I mentioned this on the show yesterday. Thirty-two million dollars. He's forty-five and sixteen as a starter. He's turned twelve thousand yards in his career. He is a hundred and one to thirty-eight touchdown interceptions, and. 4,439 yards rushing. He's sensational. And the Baltimore Ravens obviously don't want to pay him a whole lot of money. There's been ups and downs. You know, Lamar saying they didn't offer him more than $133 million. The Baltimore Ravens saying they offered him 160 to $180 million guaranteed. So nobody knows the truth. The bad part is Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent. So we can't find out the real news. Nope. And we can't get our negotiations done. The Mars probably going to be on the move. I Just, think he'll be moving. I think if they, if he gets the option and gets a decent contract, he will. I think he'll be gone. He needs to go somewhere else, though. The craziest news, like I told you, San Francisco getting now in the mix. That's crazy. I was shocked to see San Francisco get in the mix. I can see where they want Lamar, but Brock Purdy did a fantastic job. In San Francisco last year. I'm wondering really why they're so interested in Lamar. I don't understand 
Because it's not like Trey Lance and Brock Purdy are not there. So why would they... Of course, Jimmy G's out the door. So why would they be interested in Lamar? I mean, how does that help them? And I think the best team Lamar could go to... Well, take a guess, Matt. Who do you think? What's the best team he sh- he could go to? You know where I'd like to see him go? Where? Miami. Be a good place for him. Too. I would like to see him. I think it'd be a good fit for him in Miami. I really do. Yeah, Mike McDaniel's, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean that'd be that would be, they would be electrifying offense. I I think the Washington Commanders would be a great place for him. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Ron Rivera, who's coached that style of play, and that defense. That's young defense. Yeah, they are. They, they, they really just needed a quarterback. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You know how bad like Carson Wentz and them have been for the Commanders. That Taylor Heineke can come back in and they're winning football games. Like Taylor Heineke should be the complete opposite. Yeah. But they're winning football games every time he touches the field. But if Lamar Jackson gets there, it could turn the Commanders around. That'll be a stacked division. Think about it. You get Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones. Of course, I think Daniel Jones would be the fourth best quarterback. He I threw. Don't even want to talk about him. That was a little ridiculous. Yeah. What I want to hear your full opinion on the forty million a year from Daniel Jones. Just real quick, you don't have to. How can you pay him that much money, and they're going to pay Lamar Jackson so much less? And Lamar is a hundred times better quarterback. Uh, I don't get the thought process going on in New York. I really don't. Well, I've had a lot to say about this. I did talk about it on yesterday's show. I talked about it on the countdown this week. I've had this conversation quite a bit about Daniel Jones. I don't agree that he should be paid more than Lamar Jackson. If Daniel Jones is making 160 million, I think Lamar should make 210. I agree. I, I do agree. But I understand to the standpoint that if you really look at it, they paid him that much money because they don't really want to go trying to invest another quarterback. Is my best guess. And the fact is, is they know they have to build the if they can build the receiving core right, get some better receivers. They already have a good running back. Pretty decent O-line and a young, good defense. So what they're thinking is, in my best guess, is that they're a couple pieces away from being a super contender. But at the same time, Daniel Jones this year threw, as I repeat, 3,205 yards. He threw 15 touchdowns on five interceptions, and he ran 700 yards. That's four years into the NFL, his best season. Justin Herbert, in year two, threw 5,000 yards. Like, Daniel Jones is not an efficient thrower. Yes, he improved on the running game this year, but I really do believe that they are banking on Brian Dable making Daniel Jones Josh Allen. I mean, think about it. Look, think of how well Josh Allen played under Brian Dable. He was, he was a lot better last year than he was this year. And so they, and same thing with Daniel Jones. So the last three years, Daniel Jones has been awful. And then he has, what, a more improved season? And now they're thinking, well, if we wait another year with Daniel Jones, then he could possibly improve a lot. The full result is 
if Daniel Jones doesn't win you a Super Bowl or get into the Super Bowl in the next four years, they waste a lot of money on that guy. I agree. They had the franchise Saquon Barkley. They had a franchise tag. They had no choice because they didn't have the money. So how are they going to expect to secure the money for a bunch of receivers? That's the problem they have. You know, we'll see about Daniel Jones. I'm going to get off this topic a little bit because I know me and you both, we've expressed a little bit about our feelings about it. But I have nothing good to say about this. Yeah, we, I really don't. We, we both really don't have a lot good to say about Daniel Jones getting paid $40 million. I mean, maybe he's going to be the one that surprises you next year that he got the big contract. And maybe next year he'll come out with shoes laced and surprise everybody. But I just do not see that happening. I don't. Even if he comes out flinging the football and running efficiently well, maybe looking like Lamar Jackson. He's he's, no Lamar. He's no Lamar. He's still not going to be as good as Jalen Hurts in that division. So it doesn't make a difference anyway. The Eagles will still be the best team in the division next year. If Dak Prescott can stay healthy for a full season, He's not going to be as good as Dak. No, but Dak has – he needs weapons. They didn't pick up Dalton Schultz as far as I've seen. Who did they – they picked up Tony Pollard back. They had to franchise tag him, though. Mm-hmm. They're trying to move Zeke. They didn't pick up Vander Esch. Oh, man, I know you didn't – I know you didn't really want to talk about Dallas today because of what's been going on recently in the media and the news. Matt, you follow Dallas a lot, right? You follow all the news. You know what's going on. And we'll jump into another topic here in just a few minutes that I would kind of want to talk about. But what moves do you think that are ludicrous for Dallas to make? Like, you, you've you obviously not seen all the, you know, rumors and reports that Dallas might be doing this, Dallas might be doing that. What do you think Dallas should do, and what do you think Dallas shouldn't do? I think they should be looking for a second, third-round quarterback. I've said that before. I'll continue to say that. Not that I don't like Dak. Dak can't stay healthy. We need somebody that's more efficient than Dak. But Jerry Jones is shoved in this Max Dugan hole right now. Obsessed. It's I wouldn't be looking there. I'd be looking somewhere else. I mean, you never know. So what about the OBJ? I would love to see OBJ come to Dallas. I would. But the prima donna, I don't want to play a regular season game. I'm a playoff player. And all the money he wants, it's in me. If you're going to come play football, you're going to come play football the whole season. You know what I mean? You're not going to just come sit in the the bench for 10, 12 games and all of a sudden, oh, hey, we got a playoff run coming. Oh, y'all go in. I don't think it should work like that. I don't. I'll tell you who I think Dallas should go get. Dallas should go make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Pair him I've up with CeeDee Lamb. Pair I've him up with CeeDee Lamb. Today. I've seen that today they were talking about. I'm like, man. Because Noah Brown, James Washington, and old T.Y. Hilton is not cutting it with CeeDee Lamb. You need another number one out there. And maybe D-Hop might. D-Hop's not as young as CD. D-Hop might not be a number one anymore. But I'm going to promise you guys this. D-Hop doesn't want to be in Arizona. No, he doesn't. That's a mess out there. Arizona is, at this point, they have no chance of winning a championship at this very moment. And that's probably what D-Hop is looking for. He's looking for a contender. He wants to be a part of a contender. And Dallas has the assets to make that happen. Now, 
Is Dallas going to do that? I don't know. I mean, the last time they said they were going to get a receiver, they went out and traded for Amari Cooper, traded a first-round pick, and then went on and traded him away, and he's had a great season this year. Yeah. So Dallas makes good moves, and then they make bad investments at the same time. I'm very, very, very skeptical of their offense this year. Now that Kellen Moore is not going to be the coordinator and Mike McCarthy is going to be calling the playbook, I don't know how I feel about that. Last time we saw Mike McCarthy's offense, Aaron Rodgers said it was trash. So I don't know exactly how I feel about it. And with Kellen Moore's offense at one time, Dallas and Dak Prescott was throwing four to 500 yards a game. A game. Kellen Moore's best offense with Dak Prescott, they were very, very efficient. You know, I read yesterday that McCarthy said a new voice in the helmet for Dak Prescott, and Dak came on, and then, like, the company team player can say is, it's not a new voice. And he's like, it's bullcrap. It's not a new voice. I've heard your voice. You coached me. I want to see the Cowboys do good, but I don't think McCarthy needs to be calling the plays because Aaron Rodgers said back in the day it was trash. But you never know. I mean, I've seen crazier stuff happen, Cam. It's wild. Well, we'll see, but... but Dallas, I, I would like to see Hawkins go to the Cowboys. I would. Dallas has got to make some moves, and we'll see what Mike McCarthy's offense is going to produce this year. For this next subject, Matt Stafford being moved from the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are going through something that I don't think a lot of fans understand. So from baseball terms, in baseball, when you want to win a championship so bad, you put all your chips on the table. That means you make the requisite trades and get the requisite assets in the offseason to build a championship team for one year. The Rams did that. Yeah. They put they had Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, OBJ, who possibly could have won the Super Bowl MVP at the way he was playing before he went down. Had Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. They really had a lineup to win the Super Bowl, and Sean McVay is the head coach, and they did win the Super Bowl. But now they have law they have no draft picks for years to come. Everybody's injured. Cooper Cup's injured. Matt Stafford. Has a, sh- has a real bad shoulder injury, I think. Aaron Donald's the only one who's healthy. And Jalen Ramsey's healthy too, but I think they plan on moving Jalen Ramsey. The only untouchable right now is Aaron Donald. Everybody else is pretty much on their way out the door. So back to what I mean about baseball terms. In baseball, in every lineup, most teams, they do one, you know, one big season. And then the next season, they're awful because they lose everybody. They lose everybody. Everybody's leaving out the door, going somewhere else, or they're trying to trade those players back out there so they can get draft picks and stuff for the coming following years. This is what the Rams are doing. The Rams don't have any draft picks until like 2027 or 2028. They have to make moves now. So they let Bobby Wagner go. Bobby Wagner was on too big of a contract and played not very well last year for that money. They plan on, I think, moving Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey will get some draft picks, possibly, from a couple teams. I'm not saying they're guaranteed first-rounders, but maybe some second or third-round pick. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback, and he did great in L.A., and I don't think he should be tossed out of L.A. yet. 
My only critique on Matt Stafford is he falls in love with one receiver and one receiver only. And there ain't nobody else getting the ball. I was shocked that OBJ was getting the ball so much in the Super Bowl before he got hurt. I was shocked that Matt Stafford was turning his eyes to OBJ. But Matt Stafford is a good quarterback at the end of the day. And yes, he would be a he would be a starter on another team. Somebody would take him. And he'd be very, very good. Like I hate to say it, Matt. I mean, look at the Jets right now. You'd tell me the Jets wouldn't take Matt Stafford if he was healthy? I think they would. I mean, in the way, but the situation they're in, they're trying to get a quarterback. And they don't have time to wait on somebody to get drafted because they have Zach Wilson, and he's not showing up. So they're looking for a veteran QB, and a healthy Matt Stafford could make that happen. I think he could. And then... I mean, you see yesterday, they released Leonard Floyd, a linebacker, yesterday, too. I'm telling you, they're they're opening up their cap, is what they're trying to do, and they're trying to get trade picks. Now, they're obviously, they're not going to let their superstar players released. It don't matter how much they're getting paid. They're going to try to make trades for them. Like I said, Aaron Donald's the only untouchable. Basically, basically Aaron Donald stated, when Sean McVay's done, I'm done. Yeah. And so they put a big contract out for him. Of course, Aaron Donald's one of the best defensive players ever, so I don't expect them to move him. But I do expect them to move Jalen Ramsey. I expect them to move Matt Stafford. They didn't like Cam Akers. They tried to move him last year. I don't know if they're going to get him moved. The Rams are going to be, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to be pretty god-awful next year. I mean, Baker Mayfield, if he stays, I don't know if Baker's staying or not. They haven't reported anything about Baker Mayfield, so I don't know yet. But... They might have Cooper Cup, but I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to move Cooper Cup either because they're trying to get draft picks. They're trying to rebuild. This is time to rebuild. And in a bad way, this is the owner's fault. But again, what, the other thing is, I mean, I understand they get rid of Why would they get rid of their best sack leader with Floyd? I, mean, I just can't believe them. They're going to be dog water next year. They I, really are. I, I'm surprised Sean McVay's coming back to coach. Next year. He's already reported coming back. Like, they are going to be pretty bad. And, of course, Sean McVay had so much doubt of coaching this year. Why would he come back to a team that has nothing? Like, what are the Rams doing? Are they trying to keep Sean McVay, or are they trying to run Sean McVay out the door? Ladies and gentlemen, Sean McVay is one of the best offensive play callers in the game of football. Like, yes, he had a bad season. His team was bad this year. There was nothing he could do about it, though. But he is... An extremely great play caller. Him and Shanahan, mind to mind, they are just they are great. They're great play callers. When Matt Staff, when Sean when Sean McVay has the team he needs, they're great play callers. Same thing with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. When they have the team they need, they look unstoppable. Nobody could stop them. And that's what the Super Bowl was really about. They lost OBJ. Not only did Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup help out by taking over, but that was a lot of Sean McVay's play calling. Sean McVay changed Matt Stafford's career forever by helping him get to a Super Bowl. The Rams are going to be pretty bad next year. But it's what happens when you buy into one year. You're going to lose everything. But, I mean, that one year, look what it did. They won the Super Bowl that one year. That's what I said. That's why I call it the baseball move. Yeah. They did what a baseball team does. And now they've got to get all their draft picks back. Like, the only person, if you imagine if you traded Aaron Donald, 
They, they, they're not going to. They can't. Because he's going to retire. He'll just retire. He won't play. But if they could trade Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald's still valuable. He's still one of the best guys in the league. Jalen Ramsey's still one of the best corners. He was a top three corner in football last year. No, I seen there was some talking about getting rid of him. I seen that yesterday or Thursday. I seen that. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah they're talking about getting rid of him. And like I said, it's for it's for draft it's for draft picks. They're looking for draft picks. There's been multiple teams reported. Come to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Please find a way to get Jalen Ramsey on the team. Find a way to bring that man to Pittsburgh. Jalen Ramsey's good. All right, for Pittsburgh fans, my Pittsburgh Steelers fans, let's talk about it for a minute. If Matt Canada can get it together and help produce a very good offense with Kenny Pickett, who has to improve, but a good receiving core, a better O-line, they're improving, running backs are good, and a young, and a defense like this, now we're getting, oh yeah, did you see we're getting Bud Dupree? Talks about Bud Dupree getting back. But did you see what Des Bryant was saying yesterday, or was it yesterday or Thursday? No. About Ramsey, he was like, he remember exactly how it went. He was like, y'all need to check into Ramsey and put him on the other side with Diggs. That would be pretty sweet. I I think it would. In Dallas? Oh, yeah. I'd love to see him go to Dallas. There's so many places that Jalen Ramsey can land. Jalen Ramsey was a top three corner last year. Now, he was the best corner lat in two years ago. Mm-hmm. But Sauce Gardner took that over this year. Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan have have blown by Jalen Ramsey. But they're younger, so I expected it. But they, they both have blown by Jalen Ramsey. But Jalen Ramsey's the third best corner. If you add him to a championship squad, man, that's going to be that's crazy to see. That's why I would love him in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's got that. He's got a little bit of that beef with. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins by getting him in Pittsburgh. So, that'd be fun. That'd definitely be fun. I know this episode was a little bit different today. We just talked a lot about random things going on in sports. March Madness hasn't started yet. Tournament plays going on. We will jump more into that, like, coming in the fall. Tomorrow is Selection Sunday. I can't wait to see where the Mountaineers are. I actually really want to watch Houston this year. I want to see Alabama play well. I'm excited for a lot of teams to yeah. play well. But, like I said, this episode's been different. We normally don't do episodes like this. We normally plan what we're going to talk about. But we just want to talk about some topics going on, some news that was going on. And for next week, we are probably going to be in March Madness. Talking a little bit about March Madness. That'll be fun. That'll definitely be fun. Thank you guys for tuning into. Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. It's been a fun episode. We will see you guys next week, next Saturday at 11 a.m. See ya.